Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Through the Tech Vine. So be quiet, pay attention, and get inspired. There is one truth that is not told enough. Technology is not magic, but it can be magical. Technology is human. It is part of who we are, our evolution, our future. Will it be a dystopian or utopian one? Well, that is up to us and nobody else. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Would it be a dystopian or utopian one? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes and yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably sure. a little bit of both. Yeah. That's it. 50-50? Is it a flip or a flop? A flip or a flop, yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be more utopian, but if sometimes, some days it feels more dystopian. It, does it, it does it depend on the way we wake up in the morning or the new the last news we read before we went to bed or maybe a documentary that give us hope or something that kind of like eh, I don't know where we're going or is it really something that we do we really have a plan that's my question no I think you're right I think that there's there's a Kierkegaardian aspect to it that it's all what we're perceiving and where we focus or I used to have a, a dog and I don't know why but her nickname became Huna and H-U-N-A well her name was Jennifer and there's that song Jennifer Juniper and then it just became Hunaper and, and Huna but it turned out there was something called the Huna philosophy that I think that some people practice, I think it might've originated in Hawaii, but so we got this little sheet that told us what the Huna philosophy was. And one of the, the tenets is that attention or uh, energy flows where attention goes. And I think that there's something, huh. there's something to that, where if, well, you're, if yeah, your yeah. attention is going to a lot of the bad news, then your energy is going to go there. And that's what your perception is going to be there. If your attention is going to something nicer, to something pleasant, then your perception changes and your energy focus changes. Yeah, I mean, that's so true. As you're saying that, it kind of applies to many ways of meditate. You know, you yeah. focus on the good things. You know, your attitude, it's the glass full half or full empty, and it can make the whole difference. There was another one interesting where it's about using the right words and how the words that you use affect the way you feel. So if you're using negative words, even if you want to say something negative, you can do it without being so negative, you know? Yeah. And that alone... is negative? Double negative. <laughs> I think if you're talking to some mathematician, maybe you may get the job done. <laughs> but with the normal person, I don't know if I would do that. Stick to the positive. All right. Yeah, the positive attitude. Like if you, even if you yeah. say no to something, you can say like, you know, thank you so much. I may not really like that instead of ah, I hate that. And yeah. and that alone just puts you in a self-defense mode. That's so. an untrue falsehood, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it very, very true. Do you have a book of quotes? Uh, like, a, <laughs> do you have any more? This just, you don't want to know it. where I pull these from. <laughs> oh, I want to know. I want to know from the graffiti wall somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> the Huna philosophy. <laughs> it's the Huna philosophy. No, that, I, I I like the way we started with that. Let's see. Let's see how we can carry that throughout the entire episode and see how we can balance maybe maybe even the news we're bringing on today they can have this different approach different feeling depending on maybe the way we deliver it too oh that's that's true it's funny because mine's got a little bit of a, a a negativity to it and i'm thinking oh you know should i should i brought something that was more positive well but it's also, if I get the, the hint, it's, it's a 50-50. Is it a flip or a flop? <laughs> it's head or tail. I don't know. Let's see. 
Okay. All right. Is it? Is it? Uh, I forget the stats on flipping a coin. I guess it is fifty percent, right? It's yeah. It's it's fifty percent every time, though, which I think throws people off because people feel like. But I just it was it was heads ten times in a row, so it's got to be tails this time. And it's like no, it's still fifty fifty this time. <laughs> yeah, because you reset it all the time. It's the yeah. same thing with the roulette or bingo. And that's how we get trapped into that stuff. I remember my dad would be like reading the newspaper and when you play the lotto you know, on Saturday and you're like, well, this number hasn't come out in, in you know, six months. So it has to come out. No, he has, ex it has exactly the same chance that he had six months ago. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's like, what's one of those strategies in blackjack if, if you uh, if you lose or bust the hand, you double the next one. <laughs> you keep doing that until you win, and you finally get all your money back. Or you're well, broke. Or, well, yeah. Well, that, you're only broke if you stop playing. Well, double, anyway, double or nothing. You have the money to keep playing, but yeah, yeah, it's double or nothing every hand. Wait, but th there is a difference when you're playing cards and you run out of certain cards, right? So you you're actually changing yeah. the possibility when the probability when you do that. But when you reset everything, and aces. Oh, yeah, then you're card counting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you always play with a new uh, deck of cards, then yeah, the, the chances are about the same. But when you re-put all the number in the in the lotto basket, then uh, yep, same same chances. But we're suckers, so we play taxes by playing the lotto. <laughs> so you guys, it's a it's a holiday today. So we should wish everybody a happy Diwali. Is it? It's, it's, yeah, it's Diwali today. So happy, happy Diwali, everyone who celebrates. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe is that just me, or there is a probably every day is a holiday somewhere. It's true. That and see, there you could have attention that way. You could focus. You could feel like, you know, every day there's something to celebrate because every day is a holiday somewhere. Sean, you, you celebrate the known birthday, right? Like uh, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> a happy known birthday to you. So you have 364. And then on the birthday, you celebrate because it's your birthday. Or it's a, or it's a holiday somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. It's always, <laughs> it's always happy hour somewhere, right? That's right. That's right. Everybody else's birthday. <laughs> all right well let, let's let's do the start as it should be this is through the tech vine uh episode number 22 believe it or not um I, i'm not gonna tell everybody to just go ahead and start from the beginning <laughs> to catch up but episode two yeah start with episode two and then and then go up <laughs> now just random I think they're all about the same. I mean, it's different news all the time. And I don't know if we have mature the show as we <laughs> as we put more episodes in it. If anything, maybe it's become a little bit more silly because we just, I think we're just having fun. But <laughs> I think we're bringing relevant news here and there. Yeah. Sometimes they're funny, like my jokes for Halloween, the dad's joke the, that, that I did last weekend. And uh, I mean, last week. And then um, whatever comes up in our mind. Be positive. I am positive. I, I edited that episode. I added special effect, Halloween music, ghost, and all of that. And then the drum roll every time there was a joke. And I, a couple of those, I'm like, wow, these are really funny. And I, I kind of laugh by myself. So I, I high five myself a couple of nice. times. Like, there you go. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> but today is another day, and uh, welcome everybody. Uh, we have no guest. Do you notice? We have Elijah with us. Don't we always have Elijah when we? That's, we always have a fourth. It's just not everybody can see our guest or hear our guest every time. It's. Uh, I have always friends around me that just can't see them. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Invisible. The invisible friends. But there's no real guest today. But there will be okay. one next time. Okay. Uh, so I, I Sean, you wanna say who's gonna be? No. 
<laughs> Why are you always saying no? <laughs> you do. You. But he says it really nicely. Why do you always and he's me? always about the guest. You have something <laughs> against the guest? I'm like, hey, you want to introduce our guest? Like, no. <laughs> Grumpy. Nah. Nah. I'm well, not going to do that. You make the guest feel special. Uh, you say you don't want to introduce them. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they love that. <laughs> they feel very welcome. Like, can I come in the house? No. Oh, I'm just kidding. Just come in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, episode number 22. I have a half news. Now, Double maybe news. more like 80%. Uh, so I, I, I have to search something as we do the show. So that's how prepared I am. But it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's related to, damn, exclamation point. As opposed to damn. <laughs> damn. Damn. And then we have flip or flop. And then we have milky signal. Yeah. <laughs> Signals coming from the milk carton, I think. Or the milkman. Smart milk. Smart, Smart milk. milk. Connected milk. <laughs> All right. All right. Should we go back to our uh, general rule, which has never been a rule, but I think it's a nice thing to start with uh, Diana, which we broke the rule the other day, but just we to did. welcome the guest. Because I felt really bad because Sean said, didn't want to introduce no. her and uh, I was like all right you know what not only you're welcome but you're gonna go with the first news and she's probably like damn I don't want to do that that's a lot of pressure so we'll pass that to you Diana first all news right to okay you. so do you guys watch the home flipper shows the home flipper shows uh yeah. I know what it is I think I've seen a few but uh not not a not something I watch all the time, but I know what it is. They, they get home, they improve them, right? And oh, then yeah. they Crack and then they sell it again and they make money out of it. That's a different show. Right? What, what was that, John? Yeah, what show? They get home, crack a beer, turn on the telly. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a different show. Oh, the one where they put the flip-flop on? No, it's a <laughs> Still flip-flop related, but not that. But No, no, I know what you're talking about, so... But yeah, you know, you you get you got it. They they buy a house and they say it's got good bones or something, and they <laughs> they then invariably tear out a couple of walls and make a big family room and a new kitchen, and they turn it over and sell it for some some big amount of money. So yeah, so that's the the main. And everybody's happy. And everybody's happy. Um, if except if you're Always by the skin of their teeth, do they return a, get a return? Well, yeah, that's true. It it can be some of them. Some of them they get a really good return, and then other ones it's a little bit more realistic, where it's very much by the skin. You're kind of nail biting. Are they gonna? They invested so much. Are they gonna get it back? They shouldn't have picked the big tiles, you know. Um, so yeah. There so a lot is, of sorry, there is always that moment where it seems like things are not about to happen. It's just like a Disney story. It's all good. Then it goes bad. Then it goes good again then it's like oh my god we're never gonna make it it's the last day and then all of a sudden they pull it off then they pull it off there, wow. there is a standard script that works right i don't, uh, I don't know if you're gonna go here diana or not but i was just thinking back for the ones that i've seen never have they invested in smart locks or or home automation or you know or maybe they do but they never point out smart lights or any of that kind of stuff smart thermostats that is true. That's interesting. I wonder if that would help to sell it. Although that's actually not where I was going. Where I was going is, have you guys heard of Zillow? Yes. Uh, yes. I, I heard the news too, or partially the news. I didn't really dig uh, okay. into it. So if you're going there, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I am. I'm heading right there. So right. unbeknownst to me, Zillow missed out on a great opportunity for one of those flipper shows because they had a whole division that was flipping. And the news this week was that they're not flipping anymore and they're getting out of the flip market. They, and it was pretty bad. Um, this, it wasn't just a small, like a side hustle for them. They had to write down, they're gonna write down, they estimate about 569 million in losses and reduce their workforce by 25%. And the question is, well, what went wrong? I mean, they're Zillow. If, if, People on HGTV can do this and even by the skin of their teeth make a profit. How can Zillow lose literally hundreds of millions of dollars on flipping? 
And it turned out that it, it may be very tightly connected to the Zestimates. Have you ever looked at, at your property and seen what your Zestimate is? Yeah, I've had a conversation about this with a realtor friend of mine, in fact. So Zestimates are... Separation of uh, responsibility or duties. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we used to, that's how we used to figure out what our houses were going to sell for. We would look at our tax assessments and talk to our realtor and get a feel for the, you know, so good old kind of human. And most of the time, our tax assessments were done by humans. They, you know, have their own calculation that they figure out how, you know, square footage, age of the home, you know, if it's been redone, right? Um, but that's how your estimates used to be done. But now people are looking at Zestimates and other machine learning algorithms that try to figure out how much a home is worth. So Zillow was using their own algorithm and uh, apparently the Zestimates weren't that zesty. <laughs> if by zesty, we mean accurate because the Zestimates that Zillow was using to buy those houses that they were then fixing up and flipping were too high. So they, I think in one of their, their filings, it says something they inadvertently overpaid, which, yeah, um, I guess you wouldn't want to advertently overpay. But yeah, the value estimations were too high. And so they were, they were paying too much. There's also been issues with labor shortages and construction. There's price volatility. It was a really red hot market in the United States about six months ago. It's still a hot market, but it's not red hot. It's cooled off a little bit. Uh, but the main thing is that Zillow was just buying them too high and then they couldn't sell them for a profit. So they've decided to exit the business. And the, the tech part of it that I thought obviously was interesting was that this was coming down to an algorithm. And as you guys know, I'm doing a lot of research focusing on my attention is focusing and my energy is going to AI and ML and how we can make it more resilient and you know some of the things that can go wrong. And people are always asking me like, oh, is it really that bad? And well, wouldn't people just know the algorithm was giving out bad information? And here's a, a another good example of when, when a, we put something into an algorithm and it spits out a prediction or an assessment or a classification, sometimes we just trust it, even to the point that a very smart, successful company like Zillow trusted their own estimates and were spending too much on the houses. And I was thinking, you know, with this estimate, it's one thing with Zillow, and I mean, I know they're a company and it's not good for the shareholders that they, they've, they're losing, they have to do this write down, but it could have like really broad implications if for example the that a, a flawed algorithm was used by mortgage lenders to determine value and then borrowers might be as soon as they get the mortgage be underwater which is what we saw in the housing crisis and that can be really devastating if you owe more on your home than it's worth so i just thought it was a not to go dark but you know a good reminder of what can go awry when we depend a little too much on tech uh so much to unpack there i mean yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't want to suggest that there were any ethical concerns there, but there, the point I was making before. You no, I'm sure more. there isn't. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I mean, to your point, Dan, I mean, a lot of people look at that estimate for what's not only the value of their house for selling, but value mm -hmm. of a home they're going to purchase, uh, yeah. perhaps value when it's being appraised, perhaps a value when it's, uh, yeah, which connected to the appraisal and the lending, right? Mm -hmm. um, for tax, well, lending and then tax assessment, things like that. And then if, if they're actually using it, and this is the conversation I had previously, if they're using it for themselves, trying to, I don't want to say game, but I'm going to say game, game that space, mm -hmm. <laughs> benefit from it. Um, I, to your to your point, how does it impacting all these other things? So if if they're driving up prices and down prices with these estimates and partaking in purchasing and selling, not just doing an algorithm, but actually engaging in the algorithm to if they see it's low, they're buying more. When they see it's high, they're selling more. Mm -hmm. Which they may not be gaming the system, but it's certainly impacting the algorithm. So that was a conversation I had, and and I think it's interesting that the tech is there, but who who should define it? 
who should tune it, who mm -hmm. should monitor it, who should regulate it, who should use it. Those are all questions that, uh, that come to mind for me. And yeah, as soon as it's used for, I mean, nothing, nothing else matters besides money and health, right? So as, mm -hmm. as soon as it's used to manipulate money, uh, it becomes questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, okay, question first, then I'm going to get philosophical on it. <laughs> okay. How, because I, I didn't read the article, so I'm wondering if you know the answer to this. I mean, what was the point where they were like, okay, we've been doing this for a while. Um, something is off. <laughs> we're losing money. What was the alert for that? I mean, they couldn't see that coming, but... Did it take a while? Was because the market change? Because I want to go with the the self fulfilling prophecy. Uh, well, as I'll go there. As recently as a couple of months ago, the CEO was saying that this this uh, strategy was working, but they they did have a seven thousand house inventory like excess that they're trying now to sell back not to individuals because i think when they were flipping they were just trying to um you know they buy a house and then they they post it on zillow obviously and some would say i want to buy that um but they're trying to say so they've got seven thousand houses in their inventory that they're trying to sell to in institutional buyers so I, they probably got to some point on the books where they're looking at oh, we're not making much profit in that division and it got worse and worse. And then they looked at, well, we've got 7,000 houses and we're having trouble even getting them fixed up because of the labor shortage and probably the numbers just finally got out of whack enough. They said, yeah, just kill it. It's time to, to end this. Yeah. Well, the reason why I brought up the self-fulfilling prophecy, which is pretty much is that, you know, it's a social psychological phenomenon where pretty much somebody predicts something and that's just because it's been predicted that it come true because it was yeah. predicted. And, and there is many variables that go with that. But um, it's about believing in something as you predict that and then you make it happen. And that could happen to a social, um, you know, in a much larger social size. And that could be applied to, to, to social phenomenon like this, like the market, the stock market, for example. Many times it's... Yeah. It's really psychological. There is not really a reason, especially now with all the, the Robin Hood and and the and the, 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 the all the apps that allow non-professional investors or expert investors to be part of it. And all of a sudden, you see companies that are actually failing miserably for a reason or another that become fancy and a trend, and and they just get up like 100, 200, 300%. So I'm wondering if they could have played a role to try to rise the market price, considering the power and the publicity that they could do achieve with that, and then maybe it didn't work out. Just I don't know if they did it on purpose, but I have noticed something that was really interesting in like the last six, maybe 12 months, because I, I like to look at real estate and where I live in this part of, of New Hampshire, the the values have gone up really rapidly as, as they have in many areas. But I, I know this because I look at the, the, the ones in New Hampshire a lot. Um, but what I noticed was that, I mean, so some of the houses in my area have literally doubled in value in the last year, which is just, come on, that seems nutty. Crazy. And the Zestimate, if you look at the Zestimate, because they'll show you like it's a stock price or something, they'll show you, you know, the last two years, three years. What was really weird is that the house would be at a certain value, you know, like X, and it's going along there, like 2017, 2018, 2019. And then they put the house on the market for double what it was a few months ago. And the Zestimate doubled. So you see this massive hockey stick in the Zestimate and the Zestimate seemed to be responding to what people were putting it on the market for. And I started thinking, how are we getting here? So if I, if I put my house on the, the market for a gazillion dollars, my Zestimate can it go up to a gazillion dollars? But see, that, that's exactly my point. If you're actually referring to something like Zillow estimate to evaluate your home, it, it, then it become like a domino effect. 
yeah. to you just start higher than what you should. So the market could just go crazy. And as it go crazy up, as we know, what goes up <laughs> eventually uh -huh. is going to come down. <laughs> so it's it's very psychological. But maybe Sean, uh, maybe maybe you want to make it. You know, think about how the data are used here. I mean, are, are these manipulated data to start with or are maybe biased data that are put in there? Um, you know, where, where it come first, the egg or? <laughs> the zestimate or the egg? <laughs> yeah, the house of the valuation. <laughs> yeah, I saw similar things uh, recently when I was looking as well where it's funny that the assessment matches uh, listing and sale prices, funny enough. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I, I guess the, the, the other question that I had, and I'm going to steer away from the, from the algorithm, is just the, the impact. So they're going to write it off. They have the shareholders are eat it, uh, and the market <clears throat> may, may have to adjust become of it because of it. I'm, these seven thousand houses. What what happens with them? Do they do they get sold for less, which then <laughs> impacts the estimate? <laughs> or what? It's their estimate. I'm just wondering what are those seven seven thousand houses off the market, not available, which drives prices up, or do they get sold for less, which drives prices down? Mm. Are they, a lot of question. Yeah, a lot of questions. Yeah, are they are they going to be sold to you said institutions so people have money buying for cash so oh that impact lending and rates and you know seven thousand isn't a big number but just the 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 reach that this has. What you just said just make me remind what I thought the first thing that Diana you when you said about not selling to private but to institution. Mm -hmm. And how the house market is already crappy, yeah. Especially during the pandemic, um, many people don't even—I mean, they the house were selling uh, way higher than the value, right? People were bidding more than what they were even yeah. put on the market. People were leaving the city, so I mean, that was a little bit crazy, I believe. But also, there was the point where the only people that could afford a, home, a house was people that already had a house so that mm -hmm. they have something to back up their investment to show that they can pay for the house. So all the first home owner buyer, the young family or whomever is the first owner, which is something that is very well known that, you know, it, it's, it's a human right pretty much to have a home. And many people that where should have been helped to buy the first home. They actually find themselves out of the market. And so mm. by selling to an institution, they, of course, they want to make money by renting these places. So yeah. people that can buy are going to be less and less the people that can afford it. And they're going to be locked into rental for the rest of their life. And uh, so it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do make a good point. I, 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 from what I've read, a lot of people are buying second homes to Airbnb them or multiple mm -hmm. homes to rent them. And, and yeah, you're, you're right. That's cr creating a, a lot, especially the Airbnb ones, you know, we're, we're reducing the inventory for people that actually want to have their main homestead in a house. And yeah. that's another piece of technology that may have changed the games for, yeah. for the market as well. So. so the bottom line for me is two, two parts. One, what was the, was there, and if there was, what was the definition or the goal or the strategy or the, the, yeah, the, the ethical plan for the algorithm in terms of who is going to use it, what were they going to use it for? Were there any boundaries or barriers or limits that, that would tell them we don't want to cross those lines? Uh, I'm wondering if any, and if any of that was there or not, and if, if those were reached or approached quickly to a point where they would say, okay, the, this is being misused. This algorithm is not functioning like we intended it to. 
Yeah, I, I, I wonder if they're going to reassess because, yeah, what we're talking about, it's interesting because we've taken this estimate from something that got Zillow's eye buying division in trouble so that they ended up having to close it. But yeah, are they going to reassess this estimate overall? Because maybe it is having a bigger impact on the market than, than we realized. I mean, people do. Because when I saw that those estimates going up, like if if I list my house for a jillion dollars, suddenly that's my estimate. I thought, oh, people aren't going to take this estimate seriously. But you're raising really good points about what if this just actually causes problem because people do take these incorrect estimates and treat them as, you know, not just Zillow buying houses, but all of us. Yeah. And then the second part is the transparency. And market, you talked about the stock market, which this is kind of like that, right? You're in, you're making an investment with the hope that there'll be a gain long term or short term, whatever. And we've gotten to a point where we have limited visibility into stock algorithms that I'm sure many mm -hmm. financial firms use. So we're just we're trading stocks through an app. <laughs> And it kind of goes back to the, one of the things I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was a, a, a fantasy. An hour as an analog, you could press, press the, the quick button and win 10 bucks. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> what's, what's the point? But the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is there transparency? If somebody wants to understand what's in this estimate, how it arrived there, how it, what what the boundaries are for where it's no longer valid in terms of a number or a figure that can be used for X, Y, or Z. Uh, how, how do we know? Who knows? And where do we just blindly continue to use that data? Mm. Uh, it's going to yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of question, little answers, except I guess, again, maybe... I don't trust the algorithm 100%. Always question what is coming up out of it, and uh, and especially, I guess, don't 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 try to change people's life. I mean, be conscious that you may affect people's life with that. And and I'm thinking hiring process. I'm thinking financial um, help when you go to a bank and, and the decision is made by an algorithm or even worse, if you're deciding somebody should go to jail or not. So mm -hmm. there's plenty of example and Diana, I'm glad that you are looking into this. <laughs> so <laughs> keep us updated on, on it. All right. Um, all right. Uh, Sean, what's the, what did the milk say? Yeah. <laughs> the milk said, <laughs> fridge is too high. <laughs> And that's my story. No, Using IoT I, milk I, or the fridge is IoT? See, you're way off. You're way off. Uh, I about, know. I thought we were in the Milky Way. I know. Exactly. Um, uh, you I know what? That's the first thing I thought. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I went there <laughs> for Marco. So, uh, thank you. So evidently, uh, there certainly won't be as much debate as we had on your topic, Diana. But this, this was interesting because... They, there are some scientists in Sydney and then other parts of the world, including the U.S., but primarily in Sydney, that have been uh, doing some research on radio waves and signals in space. And they've found one, a signal, coming from the center of the Milky Way. And it's not, it's not a constant signal. It's not a consistent signal. So it's, it's very random. It's, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long. And they're kind of perplexed as to what it might be. It, might, it doesn't match anything else that they've seen. So, um, yeah, uh, stars and planets and other objects have solar flares and other signals that they they can recognize and, and assign an attribute to, but this one they can't. So they evidently there's a new um, telescope coming in. And what is it? It's got to find that spot of the thing. The web? It is the web. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty badass. 
it's actually the, the SKA, the Square Kilometer Array. So it's a radio oh. telescope. And its sole purpose is to kind of do a, I didn't use the word Google Maps, but I'm picturing Google Maps of space. So even if, even if they can't see something, they'll be able to pick up some radio waves or some signal from these things in space and create a map of space. And yeah, there's really no point to this other than it seems really cool. <laughs> um, I guess we'll be able to handle traffic, air traffic control, space traffic control, knowing, uh, knowing a map of space. Um, yeah, so that's. I, I want to know what are what what are they playing? Is, what's that? Well, I want to know what are they playing? What kind of music are we talking about? Eighties, alternative. Well, uh, Marco, I I think <laughs> I know because if it's researchers in Sydney and it's coming from the Milky Way, I think it has to be a, a tribute to Stephen Kilby and the fantastic Australian band The Church and their hit Under the Milky Way Tonight. I think Ooh. that the aliens have heard it and they're singing it back to us. You spoke like a true yeah. Look at that. DJ. A true DJ <laughs> of a very, very with a lot of knowledge about <laughs> about your your turf, your alternative uh, music. Very good. We should do an episode that is all about our favorite bands and our favorite music. How about that? Oh, I, I, all, all day, every day, I can talk all about day? church. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. I, I, when you said Australia, of course, I'm on a different zone, so I'm thinking, okay, she's gonna go with ACDC. <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, men at work. Men at work. That they were fun. That was they a were. good eighty. I, I always enjoy when the when I hear my eighties playlist and and the men at work come up. <laughs> Was in uh, who can you be now, right? Yeah. If you guys, you gotta listen to the church. It's it's the aliens. They heard it. That I think that the church did it at that beautiful Sydney. Uh, you know that, that on the harbor on Sydney Harbor, that incredible opera house that they have. Oh, I think they they, they they did a whole thing with like the Sydney Philharmonic. Uh, so I think that they vibrated into the universe. I really do. And and the aliens liked it. I got to say that. When I I got lucky to go there to to see the opera at Sydney and it's pretty astounding. Um, I can see how that could reverberate through the universe because it's exactly. so it's so unique, so beautiful. Um, yeah. And when I went, they were projecting um, art right on the walls of of the opera. And they were representing Aboriginal uh, culture, uh, you know, that that art from from the Australian um, tribes um, that were there way before <laughs> the Australian become Australian. And it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. So great, great memory. Can't wait to can't yeah. wait to go back there. To be honest, but uh, Sean, to make to make a point here, yeah, there is really not. I think the only controversy you could have is when people say, why are we spending all this money to go mm. to space, research space, and da-da-da. So I could go there. I'm not going to. I mean, we do it because when we go look into space, we learn about ourselves. And we have a beautiful conversation with um, Astro Jazz, Jasmine, which I hope she's listening right now. And I hope <laughs> we have more conversation with her. She's a brilliant a student, uh, she already works on NASA, and she we talked about alien life. So we need to know it's 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 uh, it's what we do as humans. We need well, that's, to explore. That's what's me with this is it? Yeah, they they have some radio technologies that they can use to identify things that they already know exist. They just, they're figuring out where they are and where and how far away they are and things like that. And then other technology to find things that they don't know exist yet and none of those can figure out what this is <laughs> so yeah. i don't know it's it's a it's not a planet it's not an asteroid it's not 
that's it's super nice a solar flare it's not a bird it's what not what it? we know yet is it a ship yeah. is it uh, a body a blob of water or what it <laughs> who the heck knows that's what's interesting to me it could like be a, a broadcast of the real housewives of outer space that's right well, there is a lot of things that we don't know. I'm actually having fun now reading H.G. Uh, Wells' The the World of the War, and i got to be honest, <laughs> I, I've never actually read it. And again, it's inaudible, so I'm not reading it. But the <laughs> fact that... The Real Housewives in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't do that. Uh, but sci-fi, yeah, I, I follow that. And I mean, the, the, he... He wrote this in you know the late 1800 in Victorian England, and he predicted so many things that right now are still changing our life, and it's in the future. So we we don't know what mind he had, but he described as this alien coming from Mars, and he is describing that as the, the knowledge of Mars and, and and astronomy that we had at the time, and think how far have we gone. I mean, with all yeah. these new telescopes are going out. I mentioned that the web, which is going to go up in space, hopefully soon is going to be huge. I think it's like six football field. It's going to be way, 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 way more capable than the Hubble telescope. And and one thing that they were explaining when they talk about this is like there's different ways you can explore space. So some are going to be visual some are going to be looking for uh, sounds you know um as sean you just mentioned some other are going to look for different uh wavelengths some are going to look into i mean there is not the point was it's not a best telescope each telescope does the job for what is programmed to do because you you can analyze the chemistry, you can analyze the atmosphere, you can do one for the exoplanet, and and there is not just a better telescope than, than other. And it, I think my point is 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years from now, we're going to look back and be like, well, that was kind of wrong. <laughs> or look uh -huh. at the technology we have now and, uh, and what we can do. So I, I just support that. doesn't matter how expensive it is because ultimately... We may have to leave this planet. So there you go. Dark Marco. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's going to happen. And we, we learn about ourselves. I want to know what the Zestimate is of Mars before I move there. That's right. I don't know. I, we don't want to overpay. We're going there, but I think you're going to... We're overpaying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know there is not much there, but... we. That's that's pretty much where we can go right now. That that's the other thing. It's another step, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're gonna find much there. But whatever. It's a challenge, taking yeah. the challenge. All and right, we can, so uh, we can tie dye our shirts red on Mars. Like oh, they do in Hawaii with the red shirt. You red you, dirt shirts. you can play uh, you can play tennis there uh, on. Like Roland Garros, instead of on the grass, you played on the on the old school turf. The red earth. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, that was fun. You remember <laughs> that? Good old days. Um, so my news, and I'm going to make it short. Take us back from from space back down. We're going to go back on Earth, and uh, it, it, I'm going to go straight pretty much to the question. So you know, there has been the G20. They've been talking in Rome. They've been talking. But try to talk to everyone. Somebody didn't show up, but not going to be polemic there. Um, and, and kind of figure out this climate change. And um, despite the fact that a lot of people don't believe in it, it's here and there is no denying it. And uh, so everybody's talking about green energy. And in Scotland, these days in Glasgow, there is the uh, UN uh, climate change symposium where a lot of people are and they're talking about what's the future what's the present and how countries can do to commit to you know mm -hmm. net zero and whatever that means and i found this article about dam <laughs> without the end right so the hydroelectric power and how 
back in the days for the past 100 years or even more, we thought that was the most green energy we could have. But uh, there is a couple of problems with that. One is that if we look at the consequence for the environment, those big, huge construction projects, they have probably done more damage (laughs) to the environment (laughs) than actually the electricity that they produce. We're talking about displacing communities and changing the entire environment, killing all the animals, the wildlife, and repopulating different areas and so forth. But then now there is a double problem, which is with the climate change and the rise of the temperature, a lot of these dams, they're actually not able, they're, they're getting dry. They're not able to produce electricity mm. at all. Yeah. So there is this whole big problem. And, and this article from uh, Yale 360 Environment, it's, it's really interesting. I may, put the, I may put the link in there. But, um, of course, they have their own association. They say, no, we're still the good alternative because this project, that cost a lot of money. Um, you know, there, there is a, many on, on the plate, they, you know, in Africa, in the Himalaya. But, you know, it, it's starting to get to the point that is really not a net zero or a positive alternative energy compared with how solar and wind and, and water from the waves, like a different kind of hydro, it, it's working now. And then there is this article that is like, it's about, and I think, uh, Diana, you're going to love this. It's about... <laughs> micro dam, right? Okay. So, you know, it, it goes to talk about the beavers and how they, they build their own little dam and they're amazing architect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're amazing engineers. Again, I go back to learn from mother nature on how to do things. And then it make me think like how at the beginning, when you look at the meals, everybody had, well, everybody, they had their own micro little dam, like using the power of the, the, the water to create, um, you know, to, 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 to do things, right? The meals or create electricity or create power. And successfully, they had done so in many places where micro dam, they've been able in Afghanistan or in Africa to power, not only to give water to entire communities, but also to give electricity to this community. So the bottom line, it made me think, like, why do we always have to try to think to the big stuff? And how can we empower everyone to to have his own little contribution to to the planet and then put together one plus one is three, three plus three is nine and, and so forth. And uh, and I know, Diana, you're very much in, involved into this, so <laughs> it's I don't know, Sean, it's kind of like edge computing. Do we need the big computer or can we just do everyone <laughs> a little bit of computing and all together <laughs> it becomes really powerful? Exactly. So yeah. Do you, do you dam up the toilet or the... <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you make a dynamo spin, I got energy. I don't care. <laughs> well, it, it's true that at certain, I mean, not everybody has a waterfall, for example. And if we have too many dams that, as you pointed out, can create its own ecological chaos. But it, you, we can harness, there are a lot of waterfalls around that in some areas, and we could harness some of that power. Um, we did. I mean, we used to, right, the old mills that were water powered, you know, could use the force of the river. We could kind of harness this, this um, egg existing it's renewable energy but you know, it's, it's out there it's happening anyway actually at one point i don't know if they're still doing this but microsoft was was powering part of a data center with the currents because water current is incredibly powerful there's mm-hmm. all this contained energy that we can use in multiple different ways and and even looking at the energy that's around us all the time from the sun if we invested a lot more in solar panel technology so that we could do things like create films that captured solar energy, but go over our windows. So I could still use the window. It's not blocking it, but it's capturing the energy or that looked just like our roof shingles. We would, at least every house would have 
be capturing enough energy to start doing at least some of its, maybe it wouldn't be at net zero, but so I think, I, I think absolutely. Maybe not, maybe not micro dams everywhere, but doing a better job of allowing everybody to look at what, what bounded energy is available near them and capture some of that. Yeah. And, and that's exactly where I was going to go. I mean, obviously, you know, as Sean, you said, you, you don't have a, a river next to you, so I don't or <laughs> anything like that. But I was actually applying that to, to the old saying that if we all do something, it doesn't have to be the large scale. It could be the little municipality that creates something. And I'm not just talking about hydro. I'm talking about solar. I'm talking about wind. I'm talking about anything that can happen because it can cost a lot less money. It could power smaller community or your home The extra you create you find a way to harness that and then all together it's it's a lot of decentralized uh, mm -hmm. energy production uh, that that it can come up to being made i think way more economical than spending all this money and destroying the environment either you're building a huge solar plant or a huge windmill or a huge uh dam i mean that that's that's crazy. I mean, that that really been ruining a lot of places, honestly. But mm. yeah, little little stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering. There's no scale <laughs> economy there. No, I, I love <laughs> I love the idea. I'm just wondering where, how far down. I mean, because everybody, it, the ultimate is everybody's self self sustained on their own, right? their own water, their own power, their own food, their own shelter. Mm. So it's all self-contained, but I don't know who, who's going to grow their food and, and yeah, you can't, you can't get water. So I guess does it be, does it become a municipality thing or I, it has to centralize somewhere things do, I think. But can it be decentralized? where there is still a greed, right, which is already there. It's just what, there's different way to feed the greed. Yeah, I think it would have to be a, a hybrid. I mean, we have to make sure yeah. that even if you live in a city and you're not near a stream and there maybe isn't even enough solar for everybody within the building to capture, then, of course, we have to get energy to everybody who needs it. But yeah, can we do a better job for those people that are near uncaptured energy sources of allowing them to capture and and contribute to the grid. I think the big problem with renewable energy still remains that it's very hard to, to capture and transfer cheaply. We can move fossil fuels around very easily <laughs> comparatively, but wind is is not <laughs> not easy to move around and our battery technology isn't. Yeah, but like Germany, for example, which yeah. is not well known for a really sunny place they're already doing more than 50 percent i believe of their energy yeah. from renewable energy even the uk is way more advanced and it's freaking rain all the time so yeah. oh yeah we can I do mean, better the technology is getting better i mean look at the cars yeah i mean uh, i test driving the little mini the other day the electric one i fell in love with it <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this is so awesome! <laughs> and he breaks in a way that every time that he, you release the, the 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 pedal, I'm gonna say the gas, but it's not a gas anymore. The pedal, it it just breaks, so you, you recreate more energy and you put it back in into the batteries. I'm 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 excited about this kind of stuff. That's why I'm thinking there gotta be a better way. Yeah, yeah. I agree. There's a lot yeah. of energy out there that we're not capturing for sure. Yeah. And Sean, you you had, a, a, I think, two, three episodes ago, a, a bunch of companies that were, first of all, they were driven by uh, women entrepreneurs and and they were all about social conscious. So I, I'm wondering if if the market a is, lot going, around is going economy there. economy and energy yeah. and... Um... Yeah, quote unquote, healthy living, sustainable living. Yep. Yeah, so I, I definitely re resources there to look at. I'm just thinking there are probably people listening to this going, we have this figured out. We just need to, people to recognize it and understand it and then adopt it. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> yeah, think sure that's a zillion smart people thinking about this all the time. With that's the problem. To all the little things that, uh, 
that it reminded me of. No, I think you're right. I think that it's you just need you can do what you can on your own, but eventually you have to take a big leap and change the way that things have been done until now. Uh, I remember we were talking about smart driving cars. They they may need we may need to reinvent the way we we make streets. Not expect the car to adapt to mm-hmm. the streets that we have, but create the road that are good for self driving cars. Right. Uh, Sean, we got to check this out because you know we love Formula One. There was a race last week. It was all sport self driving autonomous car driving a freaking 300 (laughs) miles an hour with no pilot and of course they're on a truck so you take away a lot of inimaginable um, fact that can happen like somebody crossing the street a stone in the street um so i'm sure they perform really well i i I forgot to check it out but it it was in the news so yeah um we we have to make big investment that's the bottom line yeah and um yeah if somebody's out there and knows i think the investment needs to be centralized yes (laughs) You know, it needs to be centralized, <laughs> allowing decentralization. So it's allowing the, the municipality to make their own little solar farm that may doesn't need to be in the middle in the middle of the Nevada desert, which is impressive when you drive there. But it's like, where the hell else am I going to put this? It's it's like being on literally like a sci-fi different planet. I mean, you I've know, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> when, when when you drive there. Yeah. It, on the way to Vegas. The Mordor Tower right there. <laughs> the, the light the light eye that's always watching you. Yeah. Yep. yep. Lord of the Ring right there. <laughs> oh, well, I think uh, we we fill up the hour. And, uh, I don't know what the Zestimate is on that place. <laughs> Check I it out. I bet you could look it up. Yeah. Check it mm-hmm. out. Maybe, maybe, Diana, maybe you can flip and flop that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, My next I, career is a flipper. As a flipper, as a flipper or a flopper. Solar, solar farm flipping. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna put my flip flop on and, and go for hanging out in the garden for five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> drinking some milky signals and saying, "Damn, this, this signal is gonna be consistent." Unlike that one, uh, this one will be back on again next week, same yes. time, nice. same channel. And Extra guess though. I'm not going to mention it, Marco, so don't No? Ask. I, would, I shouldn't? No, don't ask Surprise. Me. They're going to have to tune in. Yeah. yeah. Is it she? Yeah. That's there all you're going to know. That's it. That's all yeah. you get. No more from me anyway. All right. No more from me either. All My right. Signal. My signal's coming. That was fun. And Diana, let, let's literally plan a music episode. Um, I'm, I'm ready for it. You can yeah. we can do a lot of electronic on that one, like craft work or you know those guys back okay. in the days. It's there's a lot of stuff with electricity. We can do electric light orchestra, for example. They, they were really cool. So Sean, pick up a band. Huh? Pick up I have a, band. a song written for me. We could play that. Yeah. You had a song written for you? I did. I did. My friend, uh, Stephen Merritt, who's the Magnetic Fields and also other bands like the Gothic Archies and the Sixth. I kept poking at him and said, write me a song, write me a song. And so he uh, he did. And it's called Aging Spinsters. It's on the sixth album, Wasp's Nest. And uh, yeah, Aging Spinsters. The the chorus bring, is is Mary and him, Diana. Bring him on as a guest. <laughs> we we wanted him to be part of the show. He can talk about. He can even sing. Bring him. Bring your friends. Bring your friends and family. <laughs> we're, running, we're running out of friends. We're running out of friends. <laughs> so bring your friend. I love that. Yeah. Come on, let's do that. Yeah. Think about it. All right, everybody. John, music. Here we go. You're gonna play See it. See you next week, everyone. Yep. All right. Bye bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Through the Tech Vine podcast. 
If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Thank you.